The Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. As always, I got Tony Shore here. Tony, thanks for joining us. As usual, we have some just delightful stuff to be talking about, my friend. But hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here. What? Oh, don't it's say a it like privilege. That. It's an honor. Well, it's an honor. And it's nice of you to have me on the show. I think it's awesome. Every week... We get to uh, kind of chew the fat, so to speak, and talk about what's yeah. going on out there. And I always learn something from you, so that's good. And you yeah. always bring some interesting topics that are, are relevant, especially these days with everything going on, all that we're sure. going through uh, and our listeners are going through out there. So, yeah, I've been good, actually. I've had a good week, and I'm just hanging in there still, you know, recording good. from home, that type of thing. Laying low. Yeah. Laying low. How about California. you? You know what? <laughs> it's kind of business as usual. You know, um, yeah. we're we're busy. We're we're active. Things have changed, right? It's who moved my cheese here. Um, <laughs> a lot of phone calls, a lot of webinars, a lot of these types of conversations, not a lot of people in the office. I think we're averaging now like one warm body in the office a week. Um <laughs> so we've wow. we've fallen to all time lows there. Um, but you know, it's okay. Things are moving along. You got to adjust to the new normal. You got to figure out how to, you know, deal with your business, deal with your affairs. Everybody that it's at home is kind of the same exercise. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you can't be figuring things out. You can't be figuring out your retirement plans, figuring out your personal plans, figuring out your life plans. Um, you know, pulling weeds in the bushes, whatever you're up to. So, <laughs> Hey, last number of weeks, Tony, we've been really um, been really focused on the coronavirus, been focused on retirement income planning and the impact of current events with pandemics of how you try to plan and make sure that your portfolio, your situation is, we'll say, a little bit immune to this kind of stuff. Obviously, the coronavirus has not left. It is still there. It is still problematic. We're now in the phase where states are trying to open Obviously, there's concerns about, you know, the second wave, the reoccurrence of the coronavirus. Obviously, we're going to see what's going to happen there. It's still an unknown. California, they at least in our county here, they keep extending it. So now we're extended to basically June 1st. So, you know, slow going around here. But it's, you know, it's interesting. You know, up in Santa Barbara County, they Lompoc Prison, they've had a massive outbreak there. They've got like eight or 900 inmates, more or less, that have the coronavirus. So, uh, spread like wild, wildfire in the prison. The, Is that um, at Lompoc? Yeah, Lompoc. Wow. Straight out of Lompoc. Wow. The, um... So, you know, if you go to the beach there, you get eaten by a great white. If you go to jail there, you die from the coronavirus. So... Um, I don't know about Lompoc. The, um, 
Hey, couple things though. Obviously, one of the things that we've been hitting on every single week is just the updates of the numbers. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel like we've been talking about it a lot. So I want to really focus on a couple different big picture things economically. But hey, global recovery cases. So out of total people that are sick, people are getting better. And just a few days ago, this number was at 31%. It's now at 33%. 33% of the global cases have fully recovered. That number is creeping up every single day. That's phenomenal. The only that's way good that, news. That's right. The only way that a recovery percentage can increase is you need more people getting better than new people getting sick. So we watched that number. It is advancing. In the United States, let's see what it is. Hot diggity dog. It's almost 17%. Um, three days ago when I checked this, it was 15.5%. That's a good number. More people are getting bigger at a faster rate than p- new people getting sick at the moment. We like to see that. That is very positive. That is trending favorably. Global cases still hanging out around 80,000 new cases a day. It's been kind of at that number as an average for now five weeks. That's good. We're kind of see the big global bell curve of cases. It's not skyrocketing exponentially as it was in March. So things are, you know, things are good. I mean, they're not good, right, Tony? There's problems right, everywhere. Right. But the benefit is at least the numbers aren't aren't spreading like wildfire and creating a new phase of epidemic because they're kind of under control. We're not worried about this oversurgence of cases in hospitals, things like that. I mean, heck, even in Ventura County here, let's be fair, people. No one wants to get sick, but we've been blessed enough to get off pretty unscathed, right? I think we've had the better part of 700 total cases since this started. 70% of them are already fully recovered. Um, you know, we've had less than 20 people pass away. That's very tragic, but fortunately a low number compared to a place like New York, you know? So, Hey, that's the coronavirus. Obviously it's here. It's here to stay. There's a lot of treatments. There's a lot of vaccines. I saw in the news the other day, Tony, any guesses how many companies are trying to, uh, create a vaccine? I bet quite a few, right? Yeah, there's 108 potential yeah. vaccines in play. Yeah, that's good. I'm like, geez, Louise, talk about the, the what is it, the space race to the moon? Yep. We're going to get there first. Well, I mean, let's be fair. There's a lot of money in creating a vaccine. So uh, whoever gets the, the, the finish line first is going to look like a superhero. Yeah. Well, I heard, I, I heard, uh, and of course, you know, uh, on the news or uh, the talking heads, Uh, But I did hear and read it in an article that said every single scientist that is involved in uh, this field of study, and there are a few areas that cover, you know, disease and medicine, but the world's greatest minds, every single one of them in every country is focused on coming up with a vaccine for a cure yeah. for uh, <clears throat> medicine to help with the coronavirus COVID-19 that's uh, right. every single one like there's nothing else being done pretty much right now except trying to get a hold of this so yeah uh, with all the greatest minds working on it I would think we would get a hold of it pretty quick I mean you would think I mean obviously we've accelerated this fast right I mean even getting to like human trials is something that historically takes years yep Yep. They're already working on that stuff. But you you bring up such a good point is everybody is looking at the coronavirus. That's where all the direction is. That's where all the scientists yep. are. Yep. And I, and almost in line with what you were reading recently, 
there was another you know thing that came out that they were saying that nobody is focused on tuberculosis, something that we had beaten down to nothing. Yep. And they're now very concerned that within five years there's going to be a massive resurgence in tuberculosis because all of the energy is focused on the coronavirus, not beating down these other things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and as I, I said that, I realize, hey, what you know, what about cancer research? What about tuberculosis? There's still yeah. some of that going on, like with cancer research, because yeah. it's a little different area. But it's true. A lot of people have been pulled away from that to focus on this right now. So hopefully we get it under control where everybody can go back to yeah. their area of expertise and focusing on Things like TB and cancer and yeah. Parkinson's and other hor horrific diseases that really need to be put under control. And, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, they're, they're still trying to figure that out and seeing if there's a way to reverse that process so or right. to slow it down at least. So uh, those are it. all important things right now. What is tuberculosis? Are those those things in your throat? I have no idea. Yeah. I think no, it's called a, TB or tuberculosis, right? That was a, that was a joke. Was, those tonsillitis. Oh, tonsils. Yeah. yeah, no, that's nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Thank yeah. you, Michael. Uh, uh, Dr. Mansfield. Uh, Dr. Mansfield <laughs> pipes up. Don't trust me on anything. So, hey, <laughs> if you're tuning into the show, if you're listening to this, we always appreciate all of our listeners. We get a lot of feedback from the show, um, a lot of questions, things to talk about. Always feel free to reach out to us, 805-500-7035, or if you go to my main website, thelindgroup.com, Lind is L-Y-N-D, you can request information, you can ask questions, we'll reach out to you, we'll talk about it on the show, so just let us know. So, what I wanted to talk about today is the Belt and Road Initiative, Tony. The what? The Belt and Road Initiative. I don't know what that is. Dang it! Didn't you read your, aren't you supposed to come to class prepared? Oh, you mean I was supposed to do show prep See, you today? Didn't, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> I no, sent all this to you. you I, I, I'm here like our listeners to learn. Ah, ah. <laughs> so the Belt and Road Initiative, China did this massive in infrastructure investment plan. They call it the Belt and Road Initiative. And the whole design here was, it's kind of like the United States. You know how we talk about the crumbling infrastructure, bridges are falling down, roads are old, everything stinks because it was built so long ago and the stuff needs to be improved? China did a very similar-ish thing with a bunch of countries in Asia and Africa and Europe and all over the place. And the whole design was to build a more complex network of like railroads, roads, sea routes, just really improve, clean up, redesign, rebuild, fancify, whatever you want to call it, the infrastructure really to help focus on supply chains. So they've got big, 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 big money in this. Well, what happened this year? Oh, yeah. You know, the coronavirus hit and now nobody is working, nobody is doing anything. And nobody those supply chains are anymore. shut down anyway, pretty much. They're shut down, and now these other countries that have so much um, other problems with the coronavirus, you know, paying for healthcare, paying for citizen issues, they have uh, declining tax revenues, they got declining property tax revenues, everything's a declining mess right now. All of a sudden, China is in a pickle, right? They gave out billions of dollars and all of these countries are starting to kind of default on this debt. 
There's another issue, too, that kind of gets into the trade war issue that the president's been talking about, and that's everybody kind of, you know, is pointing the finger in one direction, right? Yep. It was your fault. It's your fault. So you got you got kind of this compounding issue that it's China's fault, at least from a visual sense at the moment, of why these countries can't pay them. And they're talking about China might have to write off billions, write off massive loans of, of money that it gave out to these countries based on the coronavirus fallout. And so, you know, I was reading about this and I thought it was very interesting, obviously very concerning. Yeah. Um, because what it did to me is this is a massive issue in China. China's already hitting almost a 30 year recessionary low. Their growth is at the slowest rate in 30 years. Their debt to GDP ratio has skyrocketed last year. It hit an all time high of 300%. I'd have to check what it is now, but they already had issues, right? And so they were trying to spend money to make money kind of an attitude. Hey, if we can do all this infrastructure, if we can do these improvements, if we can uh, you know, clean up and make more efficient supply chains. We're going to make money in the end. It's going to be awesome, dude. Yep. It's going to be lit, lit. Yeah, lit and I can the see hip, the logic in word. that. No, it is. But the problem is, is now this coronavirus fallout, total curveball. Boom, yep. just, you know, kind of T-boned them on the whole deal here. So it might be some of this stuff doesn't get done. It might be they have to write off billions of dollars and they're already hurting in a sense. Um, obviously they're going to get a lot of criticism, a lot of hassle. I mean, how many, how many times have we seen on the news now in the last month of citizens trying to figure out how to change the laws so they can sue China? I mean, this is a foreseeable train wreck, right? Yep. So it then highlights to me what's happening in the United States, right? So stock market's been hanging out. It likes to hang out at Dow 24,000. I mean, it's been there for like a month now. Just goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. Just kind of hanging out around that Dow 24,000 mark, which is fine. That's fair valued. It's not the bloodbath of where it was in the end of March, but it's also not the euphoric highs of where it was in February. It's just middle of the road at the moment. And so earnings are coming out. People are talking about corporate earnings in the United States, and they're very reasonable, we'll say. But they should be reasonable, right? Because what happened in the first quarter in the U.S.? January was awesome. February was awesome. Uh, world shut down halfway through March. So we only had two bad weeks in the first quarter. So to me, using quarterly earnings from the first quarter aren't exactly telling the whole story because it still has a sense of historical optimism in it before all of this fell apart. All the companies have also stopped giving guidance. Not giving guidance is kind of like turning off your headlights on your car while you're driving at nighttime. <laughs> Yikes. You know, it's, um, I, I, I jokingly say that like, hey, you might be fine, right? <laughs> but we don't know. Probably you know, not. The next yeah. quarter is going to be a total surprise. You're going to turn on those headlights and is there a deer standing there? Um, so that's kind of an interesting issue. But the the point I'm I'm getting at is... People are so quick to talk about, oh, hey, the stock market's back up. The uh, the businesses are starting to reopen. It's all going to be free and clear. Hey, that's probably totally true, Tony. Probably totally true. Mm. However, how many people in this time period put their mortgages in forbearance, put their auto loans in forbearance, didn't make their credit card payments, didn't make their student loan payments, Seems to me it's kind of like the Belt and Road Initiative in China. 
we have had a lot of people, a very significant percentage of our population, not pay any of their debt obligations for the last couple months and probably not planning on paying them for the next couple months. And even though there are guidelines where you don't get foreclosed on immediately and things like that, what happens when we start to get back to normal and these people need to essentially get caught up, right? A big swath of our population, Tony, is month to month. Mm -hmm. A big swath of our population has no retirement savings. That's true. A big segment of our population does not have $400 for an emergency. So So, what happens when all this blows over and they can't pay their bills? Right. Right. So does this become some kind of credit crunch similar to what's happening in China where, hey, a lot of people suddenly can't pay the bills? Who's going to eat that? Are we going to foreclose on everybody and repo everybody's cars? Is the government going to pay for it? Um, Are the individual institutions that, you know, let people go into forbearance, are they going to eat it? Who's going to eat it? I, I, I'm just, I'm fascinated on the sense of how are normal people that are already month to month already tight on their budget going to deal with this? You look at the 34 million initial job list claims we had for unemployment over the last seven weeks. You know, the largest population in there, segment in there that was filing for unemployment are the lowest income workers, right? Right. And so not all of them are going to get jobs back. Not all of them. So if you suddenly had, let's say, even two, three, four million people never get their jobs back, they were already lower income thresholds. They were already month to month. Yeah, they got some unemployment. They got a couple things coming in as Band-Aids that will buy them some time. But it's it's very concerning, you know. I mean, this is kind of what happened, you know, in the sense of like 2008, right? You right. Know, in the you, 90s. So you think we're headed for a debt crisis? No, I didn't. I didn't say that, sir. I didn't say anything <laughs> because, well, that's the, look. If we've learned anything with the stock market rebounding, we've learned the "don't fight the Fed" adage, right? Right. Is every time there's been a crack in the last six weeks in the stock market, what's happened? The Fed comes out and says, "Ha ha ha! Just kidding. Let me uh, bandage that up." With a trillion dollars. Yeah. So, you know, being that they're being so much more proactive than they were previously, being that I just read an article, Muchin and Pelosi and all these people, they're um, they're negotiating some kind of relief bill number four. I don't know what that means. You know, does that how does that help people? I don't know. But the the idea, though, is is kind of like going back to this China example is how is this not an issue? How is this stuff people aren't talking about? To me, it's fascinatingly concerning. Well, yeah, Um, I mean, they're talking about trillions of dollars in stimulus packages that they're putting out there. All this money's going out there. And does it have to ever be paid back? Who eats it? What kind of situation does that put us in? Right. And how do we af- how can we afford it as a country? I mean, are our taxes um, going to be 70% when all this is said and done? You know, you what's know funny is um you ever been to usdebtclock.org? Yes. Wild website. Everyone should go to I love usdebtclock.org. It has all the running numbers of all the things that'll make you want to throw up. US population 330 million people. The US national debt just went over 25 trillion. Now, to, to be fair, I, I go on this site occasionally, and it it slowly eked from like 20 trillion to 21 to 22. Like, yeah, it takes a long time as it slowly rolls up. 
All of a sudden, it went from twenty-two to twenty-five, like in a blink of an eye. Yeah, over three the last trillion month. dollars in the last month. Massive. Boom. Yeah. The 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 U.S. federal deficit uh, for spending, you know, is typically about like nine hundred billion to a trillion dollars kind of thing. You always hear that we have a trillion dollars spending deficit. Well, at the moment, it's three point two trillion. We're spending a heck of a lot more money than we have. You then look at the debt to GDP ratio. This number was pretty anemically staying still at like 105%. It's at almost 120% now. I mean, just instantly popping up. States have massive debt. I mean, it's just crazy to look at these numbers and say, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We're just going to keep tossing trillies out at, at, to help everybody out. You know, what have we spent so far, Tony? Like $6 trillion in the last six weeks? Yeah. I mean, wow. That's incredible. We don't have it. Anyways, um, point of this conversation is I feel like, now granted, stock market is an interesting monster, right? It is entitled to go straight up. It's entitled to go straight down. It's entitled to go sideways. It can do whatever the heck it wants, and it will. And it might still just keep going up forever, hot diggity dog, um, based on some kind of euphoric emotion that in current events, things are getting better. When we talk about national debt, we talk about deficits, we talk about those things, oftentimes we're talking about someday problems, right? And what do we know? Some people don't really care about someday. They care about now day. And so to me, it feels like the stock market is going up based on the very immediate short-term future without looking at what are some of these longer-term impacts on taxes, for example, right? How do you, how do you pay off the national debt? Well, at some point to me, it seems like you got to raise taxes. Yeah. You know, or we just borrow it from Tony's savings account because (laughs) that's trillion with a T that's real money. Even to you, Michael, (laughs) you know, it's funny is the national debt. They, they break it down debt per taxpayer. So not per citizen for people that pay tax. And this number last year was like 150,000. So, you know, that's how much per taxpayer would have to pay. It just went up over 200,000. So it's, it's pippity popping it up there quite a bit. Wow. Debt per taxpayer is $202,000 right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 25 trillion is the U S national debt, right? Yeah. Jeepers. So, so look, the point of this conversation is you as an individual have to be vigilant about your own individual situation. You have to be practical, pragmatic, responsible. The government's not going to do it for you. Your neighbor's not going to do it for you. You need to take care of yourselves. You need to have a proper retirement income plan, a cash flow plan where you understand how to strategize pulling your investments out, red money, green money, tax efficiency, timing of social security. You need all of these things organized. If you have a very healthy, normalized income plan that you update every single year, You're able to become immune to current market events, to credit crises, because you put your money in a manner where if the stock market falls 30%, your income didn't just go down 30%, right? Red money, green money. We talk about that all the time on the show. So that's kind of the big takeaway for today, Tony, was just that, you know, I feel like there's a lot of weird cracks in the world that that aren't getting a lot of airtime on the news because maybe they're not fun to talk about, but Everybody as an individual truly needs to be vigilant about their own retirement situation, their own retirement income plan. And that's what I do. You know, my focus, my niche is the distribution phase of life. It is building retirement income plans. So if you don't have one, if you need one, or if you have one and need to reevaluate it, this is why I'm here. Give me a call. The Lynn Group, 
805-500-7035. Visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. We're located right here in Ventura, smack dab on Victoria across from the government center. Easy to find, easy to get to. Um, you just need to wear your, your trash bag bodysuit if you come here, right? <laughs> Right. Well, I hope not, but uh, you do want to take precautions. Well, a great show today, Michael. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 805- 5007035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, the Lind Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.